Hi guys, and welcome to episode 6 of the Optical View Podcast. Today, I have on a mortgage agent, and her name is Rivka Sweeman. We dive deep into everything about mortgages, as well as, at the end, we do a couple of rapid-fire fun questions. I hope you guys like the episode. As always, I always love all the feedback on Facebook and Instagram, and as much as we can do to share and get the message out here. Thanks, guys. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode. I'm very excited. I have Rivka Sweeman on here. And we will be talking about mortgages. So, how about we start off with, um, who are you and what do you do? So... I'm Rafika Sleeman, and I am a mortgage agent under Mortgage Matt in the Six here in Durham. So I do get people finances um, and show them kind of possibilities of what they can and cannot do with finances too. So it's not just a, even just about mortgages. It's just kind of guiding people to in the right direction of how to have more financial freedom. Okay. Um, so outside of mortgages, can you give me an example of something that you would help somebody with? So outside of mortgages. So like, for example, like if they're not sure how to build their credit score, so they're just like, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to get a house. My credit is crap. I screwed myself. Um, that's where I'm like, okay, well, let's sit down and over the phone, like everything I can do is through email and through phone calls. And so I sit down and I say, okay, what is your debt? And, or is it that you just have no debts anymore, but your credit score is in the crapper now. And so how do we get you out of that? So again, I show them how to get a secured credit card to rebuild their credit. That way Perfect. they can do what they want to do in the future. And it doesn't take as long as people think. It only takes about a year to rebuild your credit, actually. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And in terms of mortgages then, um, what, what do you do and handle with? So I handle all residential properties. I don't do commercial. So if someone wants to do a commercial property like a business, then I would hand them over to my broker because brokers are the ones to do commercial, but I do residential. So I do pre-approvals, meaning, again, everything's digital. So I send you emails and those emails are platforms for you to upload your documents of your pay stubs, your letter of employment, all that stuff. And then I look at your finances to say, okay, this is based off of your income and your debts and everything. This is the amount that realistically you, you can afford, not just what the bank tells you you're approved of, but what you can actually afford. Perfect. Now, is there ever a time that, um, the bank pre-approves you 
and somebody's confident that they would be able to, I guess, work with the money that they've been pre-approved with, mm-hmm. and you're sitting down with them and you're telling them, I don't think this is a, a good idea. Oh, 100%. Multiple times. So the banks will pre-approve people for like 900000 just because of their income. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're not taking the account they're like oh yes 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 you're pre-approved for like nine hundred thousand. your income's good but that's not including property taxes your hydro living conditions all your expenses and then i sit down with them and i'm just like no you can only go to seven hundred thousand. and they're like what do you mean but the bank told me nine i'm like yeah look at your numbers and all your, everything you have to pay every month, if you go based off of what they say, you're going to be paying about 3500 a month. Wow. So can you realistically afford that much per month? But if you go with this, and again, don't forget, your first home is not your forever home. Mm-hmm. Your first home is your starter home. And to build the equity in that property that way you can go buy your forever home afterwards yeah so that's the thing you don't people think oh i need to have everything no 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 you want to be happy with your home of course because you're going to be in there for quite a few years but realistically it is your first starter home yeah and you don't want to be house poor you want to be able to still travel still do what you want to do. And that's where I come in. I'm like, what do you want your lifestyle to look like? Realistically, what do you want? And then when they tell me, well, I still want to be able to go on a vacation once a year. I'm like, okay, so then you should be going for this amount. That way you can go on a vacation once a year. That way you can go out to dinner and you can do the things you still like and not just paying for a mortgage and a house. Yeah. So I now, come across that quite a bit. I, I imagine so, right? Because I, I know for myself, I got pre-approved for a number and, <laughs> and I spoke with an agent and they were just like, wow, you know, <laughs> the number that I was pre-approved for um, no. isn't that I would be able to actually live with, right? Get a home with and, and you know, move on. So I had to rethink the decisions I was looking at. Exactly. And that's the thing. A lot of banks are just like, here you go. Because the thing is, if you default, when they talk about default, they mean you miss one mortgage payment. You miss one mortgage payment, they will take your house. Wow. One payment. That's it. So they almost rely on people to mess up. Mm. The banks are like, oh, yeah, here you go. They they just want their money. That's all they care about. Yeah. They don't care about your actual well-being and your growth. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in terms of, um, you know, I guess other money assets type like investments and stuff like that, do you do anything along those lines? So investments, I can help guide people with After, say, for example, we refinance and you now have this extra cash flow, I can help guide people of 
how to maybe start saving after. For example, like if I consolidated your, say you had a car payment and all these credit cards and it came out to about 1500 a month. Okay. And we consolidated that into your mortgage. I now tell people, you're used to paying that 1500 a month. Put half of that into an investment, into RSPs, into a high interest account, um, or get a financial advisor and have him put into stocks if you like. If you're wanting to do stocks, I personally, I'm not a risk taker. Mm-hmm. So I personally like the RSPs in the tax-free savings accounts. So that's usually what I tell a lot of my clients to do because I'm like, you're already used to paying all that money. Yeah. So even if you put half of that into a RSP account or a high interest account, you're still up half of that money in your pocket. For sure. Yeah. I, uh, I get that for sure. Um, now what, what risks are involved, um, when you are taking on a mortgage? Oh, on my end or the client's end? Um, let's do both. <laughs> okay. So on my end, there's risks of fraudulence. So I really have to do my background check on the clients to make sure that all their documents are truthful. Because if they're not truthful, I can lose my license. Okay. So I can get audited. And if I didn't do my due diligence and really checked everything back up, I could lose my license. Another thing is, is that if I, again, if I don't put the person into the right mortgage that they can actually truly afford, and they now have to go sell their property in a year because they can't afford their mortgage payments, well, how does that represent me as a mortgage agent? Yeah. That my client now, I put them into the wrong mortgage and now they can't afford it. So now they have to sell and go rent again. Yeah. So yeah. those are the two big risks on my end that I really have to do my due diligence when I'm doing people's checking into their finances to make sure that everything is truthful and I'm being truthful to the client as well, that I'm not looking at my needs for my commissions, that I'm putting my client's needs first and know that if I do that, everything will be good and good outcomes. Now, on the client's end, the risk is that, again, if the agent isn't being truthful that they're in the wrong mortgage. Like what they did with you, the bank. Yeah. If you took on that mortgage, you probably would have ended up having to sell that house because you couldn't afford the payments. And then also, or again, you default on your mortgage and the bank repos your house. So there are risks of that way. And then as well, that's where you get into like the um, interest rates, like locking in when people do fixed. Well, the thing is, is that you'll, you can't break your mortgage. Yeah. 
So if you come into like a rear, like it's just more, it, people think um, variables higher risk. I personally believe fixed is higher risk. Because with variable, if I need to pull cash out for any reason, I can. Yeah. Hmm. Say I'm like, oh crap, like I accumulated a lot of debt. I need to get rid of this debt. Otherwise that will harm my credit. With variable, I can pull that equity out of my property at any time through those five years and I wipe that debt. With fixed, it's 2% of whatever your mortgage is to break that contract. Wow. So it's anywhere between 20 to 40,000 to break a fixed contract. Wow. Hmm. So again, it's our job as the agent to tell you all those risks and give you all the knowledge that you need to make a proper choice for your lifestyle. Now, people are afraid of variable, but I personally, variable isn't going to jump from 1.3 to 3% overnight. Yes, exactly. It'll be a, a short. It's a yeah, gradual. Not- yeah. And that's the thing. With fixed, it's right now between 2.7 and 4% interest. That's a big difference in interest. Yeah. So you're not paying down your property as much. So again, it's giving the clients the proper information so then they can make the best choice. And if the person doesn't, that's a big risk because then they go into mortgages not knowing. And I hear it so many times. So many clients come to me, they're like, well, why do they push fixed? They actually push fixed because they get bonuses and also the banks prefer fixed because they know most people will break their, their term. Hmm. They know that they know before five years, most people will break their term. And now that's 20,000 on their new mortgage to break that fixed term. More money in their pocket then. Yep. Okay, well that, that kind of leads me to my, my next question here for you then. Is the cheapest rate always the best? 100%. 100%. always the best. Of course, if you can get a low rate, and rates really depend on your credit score. Hmm. So the better credit score you have, the better rate you're going to have. And the longer you've been with your company... Kind of, they want to see that, okay, this this guy, he's been with his company for 10 years. He has good income. His credit is over 800. Well, yeah, he's not as high risk. Mm. With lower credit scores, the banks look at you and they're like, mm, you're a little bit higher risk. So we're going to make the interest a little bit higher on you. But the lowest, the lower credit score you can get is better. Um, not credit. Interest is better because you're paying less interest and more of the actual principal of the house. So the principal meaning what you owe on the house. Yeah. 
So you're actually paying that down more. Okay. And- so, so, so what happens if, um, let's say, somebody is not an employee, but they're a contractor or they're, um, you know, on their own individually, not part of a, a you know, corporation? That's okay. Self-employed? Yeah. That's completely okay, self-employed. Again, we just need your banks uh, your business bank statements to show the income and we just need your of course credit score so we need those things and we verify it the same way as we verify an employed person now with self-employed again we can go to your average on the business depending on um how things have been especially with covid and everything Yeah. So we can use the two year average right now. But again, that's where your credit score comes in. So if you have really good credit, the bank's going to be like, all right, great. He's got good credit. He's owned this company for a while now. Steady income. Perfect. So it's not much different for self-employed and employed. It's just a little bit more papers that we need from you. That's it. Okay. Okay. And would they look at how long that you've been self-employed for? Yes. So they want to, it's the same thing as a job. So when it's a new company, it's a little bit trickier, but so usually like two years of like of the business, that's the thing with it. Um, because they they need to see that consistency income coming in. Okay. Okay. And um, would any of this change if you were the owner of a company? Same thing. If you're the owner, again, same thing. So we we just need the business as a whole, um, the income. So we would need the business statements. And then we would need to see your take home from that. And again, it really depends on your credit, which will base off how much interest you're going to get on the mortgage. Now, based off the income of your take-home for the business, there are things that the banks know that you're not stating everything. So that's why we need your your actual bank statements too, to show the bank like, yes, my company may be saying it's making less, but this is what I'm actually bringing in. Yes. So we'll need your bank statements to kind of prove to the bank, like, no, 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 I do have the money to back it up, even though my, my company is saying maybe a little bit less. Got it. So there are ways for um, business owners and self-employed people to be able to get a mortgage, no problem. Like I just had one client, he had a mixed residential property and all the banks are saying, because it was, a, when we talk about mixed residential, we're talking about it can be used for a commercial or residential property. Okay. Now with him, all the banks were saying, well, no, it's a mixed zoning we're not going to put a mortgage, but we'll give you a business loan for it. Mm. And I'm just like, a business loan is 6%. 
Yeah. Or maybe like really good credit, maybe 3%. It's a loan. Uh, and so I'm like, no, I'm like, I can get you a mortgage on that property. He's like, seriously? I'm like, yeah. So I did my due diligence, got all his papers together and then found a property. Uh, TD was willing to do it. They're like, yeah, we'll do a mix zoning. That actually brings me to my next question. How do you determine the lenders? So the lenders, we kind of go based off of our clients' wants and needs. So depending on their debts to income ratio, we will look at different lenders have different uh, criterias. Okay. So some lenders will let you have a little bit of a higher debt ratio to income. And so base, if they have higher debts and their income is not enough for their debts, well, we kind of look around and we're like, okay, who will accept this? So Scotia is sometimes very lenient because we always want to get our clients with A lenders, meaning the top banks. Okay. We, we would rather not put them with a B lender because B lenders always have higher interest rates. Okay. But if they have crappy credits, okay, we're going to put you with a B lender only for your first term. After your first term, we're going to get you with an A lender. It's just to get your foot in the door. Got it. So I always tell people, don't be afraid if you can't get with an, like the top banks, TDs, CIBC, Scotia. Just get your foot in the door. Go with a B lender. Who cares? In two years, we can remortgage you with an A lender because now you have consistent paying a mortgage and the A lender looks at that and they're like, okay, the last two years they've been consistent. The credit score is getting better. Okay. They can now come with us. So we base it off of your debts and your income and your credit score. And we try our best to get you the best rate possible. Okay. Okay. And maybe a silly question, but I, I'm, I'm just curious about myself. Is, is there any, um, I'm trying to think of the wording here. Is there any, I guess, um, benefit to going with, so say you, you're able to go with an A lender, mm-hmm. is there any benefit to going with uh, a bank that I actually, or the person, the client actually banks with? Sometimes, yes. So again, what we do is we look at their debts and income and everything. And if their own bank will, we may keep you with your own bank. It depends on what they're saying. Yeah, we'll, we'll give him 1.3% interest. Okay, cool. We'll resign with you then. Yeah. But if you're not willing to give my client a good interest rate and TD is going to offer a better interest rate, sorry. We're going to take them to whoever is going to give them the best interest rate. So we have a, we have at each location to talk to people and we just say, okay, this is our client's records and give them all the details, kind of a brief detail, not everything and say, okay, what can you do? And then we kind of search around by the end of the day, we're like, okay, we're going to, yes, stick with their bank, but there's no benefits to sticking with your bank. 
They're okay. not going to give you a better rate because it's your bank. Like right. the client that I just dealt with now, he's a millionaire. <laughs> he was with CIBC. Still, CIBC wasn't going to give him a better rate than TD. So we're like, all right, too bad. Hmm. We're taking him to TD then. His property is going to move TD. But it doesn't mean you have to switch banks, though. So, for example, like my banking is CIBC and our mortgage is with Scotia. You don't have to switch banks. When we do your mortgage, we just say, give us a void check of what account you want your mortgage payments to come out yeah. of. Yeah. So, so it really doesn't matter. No. No, there's, like you said, there's no benefit to it. Okay. No. They, a lot of the time, they're not going to give you – a lot of the time when you're switching banks, they'll actually give you – deals because you're switching sometimes mm -hmm. the new lender will say oh, oh we'll pay for the appraisal wow <laughs> because they want your business yeah. they're taking you from another bank yeah. so they're like oh we'll we'll give him a one percent cash back mm. so a lot of the time when you're switching lenders for your mortgages they'll fight to have you so they'll be like, oh, we'll offer your client this. We'll offer your client that to, to take them away from their competitors. So a lot of the time it is very beneficial to switch lenders. Okay. And, and outside of banks, is there any other independent lenders? Oh, there's tons. So that's where the B lenders come into place. Um, so there's tons of B lenders. And then there's private loans as well private mortgages so the only time you're going to go with the private is if you are on your max um taking out equity on your property and you can't take any more equity out of your property so that's when you would maybe go to a private lender or you may take a second mortgage out i don't recommend taking a second mortgage out <laughs> I recommend like even when we this is why when we refinance I still go over like afterwards you're saving this much money per month yeah put some of it away mm -hmm. because you're saving get everybody I've dealt with is saving minimum a thousand a month minimum if not more. So I tell them, put that money aside in case for a rainy day, mm -hmm. in case you need whatever. That way you're not taking it from another loan. And private mm -hmm. lenders, ooh, you, you rather not go with a private lender. Their interest is going to be very high. B lenders, it's okay. B lenders are maybe 3% interest. So it's not crazy, but it's not prime um, fixed. Like what a prime fixed would be with an A lender like TD, it wouldn't be like 2.5. It would be like 3% with um, a B lender. But again, it's not a big deal to go with a B lender if you're just trying to get your foot in the market and your credit's not the greatest. Got it. Because it's only going to be for a couple of years and really, who cares if you don't pay down your principal in the first couple of years? 
because nowadays with the market of the properties, the value of the homes are going through the roof. Yeah. So you're going to have equity in your property in a couple of years, even though you're not paying down the, the actual principal of the property. So I tell people, I'm like, don't be afraid to go with a B lender mm-hmm. if their credit's not the greatest. But if their credit's good, we always push to put them with um, with a major bank. Now, if the major bank denies them, then, of course, our second option is to go with the B lenders. But there's tons of B lenders out there. There's over, I'd probably say 40, 40 B lenders at least. Wow. Yeah, there's lots. Okay. Okay. Um, and so, so what happens? I mean, hopefully this doesn't happen to anybody moving forward, but mm-hmm. I know it definitely has in the past with COVID and everything. What happens if somebody either loses their job or, or loss of hours and their income gets affected? So, again, this is where your mortgage agent should have put that into play. So if, if I'm dealing with a couple, I base off the house off of a single income. Okay. That's what I do. I say, all right, if one of you lost your job, could you still afford this mortgage? Wow. Could you still realistically afford this mortgage and still be able to buy groceries? So that's what I personally do because I don't want to see, because it happens. People lose their jobs. And I don't want to see them having to sell their home because they can't afford the mortgage payments anymore. Now you can't, now the, uh, the banks do during COVID, they were letting people um, not pay for so many months. Mm-hmm. And that just gets taxed onto your mortgage. So say you took three months not paying your mortgage during the lockdowns, that would just add an extra three months to your 20-year term. Got it. So there is that as well that you can contact your bank and say, I am off due to whatever. How long can I go without paying my mortgage? Like, uh, defer it. Defer the payments. Got it. Yep. But, again, you don't want to have to do that. You want to make sure that the person can afford their payments, even if job loss, income loss, and all that stuff. And that's why usually you too, you want to make sure that the person's been with the company for at least two years, that they're stable. Because under two years, it's not as stable. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Um, so, so how is, how is the COVID, I guess, the whole, you know, pandemic affected you and your work life? It's made it busy. <laughs> it actually has made it busy because a lot of people are starting to kind of be financially smarter and kind of reevaluate how they've been spending and how they can maybe free up some cash flow. And I think a lot of people being laid off 
has made them be like, oh crap, like I'm really tight on money because I've accumulated a high credit card. I've accumulated a car payment and all this stuff, not expecting these lockdowns to happen. So again, what we do is we say, let's get rid of your credit card. Let's not get rid of it, but pay it off. We, we don't close accounts because it's never good to close a credit card account or any account. Just let it run its course. So we pay it off and give them that cash flow and then teach them again because it's about giving people knowledge of how not to go back into that situation. Yeah. So a lot of people have started to reevaluate the way that they're, they have been spending because they, a lot of people have realized like, Oh, I've been spending more than I can afford actually. And then once the lockdowns happen, they're like, how am I going to pay this? How am I going to pay that? And that's why let's refinance. Let's just wipe those debts away. That way you don't have to worry about how you're going to pay your, your car payments and your credit card bill and all those things. So it actually has been quite busy and really great because people are becoming more financially smarter because of this pandemic. People are becoming more aware of, I don't need to go out to dinner three times a week. I don't need to eat out three times a week. I can cook at home and save a lot of money. So people are becoming a little bit more aware, which is really great. So it's been busy for me. It actually has been quite busy. The market's been absolutely insane the prices of houses are just going up and up and up especially in durham wow and, and with your licenses um like where are you allowed um i guess to to work and give your advice anywhere in ontario ontario Perfect. so i'm licensed in ontario so the brokerage i am with we use everything is uh digital platforms yep so i can do a mortgage in london ontario i can do a mortgage in belleville i can do a mortgage anywhere because it's all digital platform i jump on a call with you i take your information i send you the three platforms which is pipe file hello sign and um our other one which we can pull your t4s we can pull everything for you so it makes a really smooth and really easy process for pre-approvals, for refinance, for any, anything, because it's all, you don't have to go anywhere. You literally just have to take a picture of your letter of employment and just upload it to the computer. Wow. Easy. Yeah. It makes it so easy. It's amazing. And before COVID, was all that done in person? No. So that's the amazing thing about this brokerage is that they actually had the system before COVID. Nice. So they've had the system in place for years. That way they could give their client the option. We can either meet in person, but you don't have to worry. Like a lot of people are moving away too. So they put this system in place that way their clients that they have built relationships 
can still use them, even though that they moved to Belvero or they moved to uh, Port Hope and not have to worry, oh, I got to find a new agent because Rivka lives so far away or so-and-so lives so far away. Yeah. No, it's, it's all digital. So they've had that in place way before COVID. Wow. Yeah. That's perfect. Um, let's see. There's a couple more. I've got so many questions. I'm trying to like bring down, you know, the best ones here. Um, uh, let, let's go back to the beginning. Where did the, this journey start off for you? So for myself, it actually happened when COVID hit during the first lockdown. I was actually considering taking real estate. And it was my broker, he said, Matt Northcott. He actually, he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, he's like, you'll be awesome. Come work, come work for me. I'm like, me and numbers don't go hand in hand. He's like, he's like, trust me. He's like, it's not what you think it is. He's like, take the mortgage course. He's like, if you don't like it, then don't spend the money on the license. Hmm. And I kind of figured, I'm like, you know what? I'm sitting at home anyways. I'll take the course. And if I don't like it, well, it's knowledge for myself. Yeah. It's knowledge about how to be financially smarter and all those things regardless. But then once I took the course, I'm like, Oh, you smart little bugger. <laughs> he knew I'd love it right away. And sure enough, I was like, okay, let's sign me up because the license is not cheap. I have to renew my license every year and redo schooling every year. So, um, so I was a little bit hesitant, but then once I got into it, I was, I fell in love with it right away because you're giving people knowledge that the banks do not tell you. They don't want you to know these things. Wow. And so to give people that knowledge and to see their face of financial freedom or, and because owning a property, people think, oh, it's a debt. No, it's actually financial freedom. Owning actually gives you a lot of financial freedom. So, and people don't look at it that way. So when you get to sit down and explain it to them, it's so amazing and so nice to see their face be like, I never knew that. Hmm. Or even over the phone and just hearing their voice and they're like, I never knew that. The bank never told me that. I'm like, of course, they're not going to tell you those things. They want your money. So they're not going to take anything away from their possibility of getting 20000 Of course not. They want you to take loans. They want that 5% interest from a line of credit. They want that 18% interest from a credit card. Wow. Wow. So it was really great. So the pandemic has opened up my eyes a lot. And I think, again, like I said, it's opened up a lot of people's eyes and made them reevaluate what they want to do for a living. And are they actually really happy what they're doing? And so to be happy with what you're doing, and that's the biggest thing is that you actually, you have to enjoy what you're doing. Like your podcast, you love doing it. Yeah. When you chase money, money runs. Yeah. Yeah. It runs. But when you do what you love to do, the money will follow. So you can't, I always tell people, don't go into things thinking about the money. Oh, I'm going to make so much money off of commission, blah, 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 blah. 
no, you have to love what you're doing. And I absolutely love what I'm doing and showing people the possibilities of what their next five years of life can look like. Wow. Wow. All right. Last, last kind of mortgage question here for you. Um, how do you make money? I mean, I know you mentioned commission before, but can you, mm-hmm. can you explain that process to me? Yeah. So the way I make my commissions is from the banks, from the A lenders, from the B lenders. I it's called um, a finder's fee. So it is. So my clients, I do not charge them. They don't have to pay anything towards me. The only person that has to pay me is the banks. It's because I'm doing all the legwork for them. Yeah. And I'm bringing them the client. So I'm pulling their credit checks. I'm doing the due diligence and making sure that they can actually afford this mortgage. And then I'm presenting their, the file to them. They don't have to do any of that. So I'm, I'm making it their life easier. So for me, making their life easier and bringing, me, bringing clients to them, they're like, okay, we'll give you a percentage of the mortgage. So each bank has their own percentage that they'll pay me. And so fixed rates pay me more. I actually get a higher percentage if I push the fixed rate. Wow. From any bank. But I don't do that because I know it's not good for my clients. So even though I know I would get a higher commission from the bank for pushing a fixed, I still won't do it because it's not right. It's ethically not right to do when I know it's not in the best interest for my clients. And so, like I said, each bank has their own rates. So it could be uh, 0.85% of the mortgage. It could be 1% of the mortgage. Each bank, each lender has their own payouts. Okay. And so I get paid um, a couple of weeks after the mortgage closes. So usually probably about a month and a half after the mortgage closes, I would get paid from the bank. And it's a lump sum? Yeah, it's a lump sum that, uh, that I get from, the, like um, a percentage. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, it's not taken out monthly when the mortgage is being paid. No, 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 no. It's a lump sum from the bank, not from, not from my client. The client has, is not paying that at all. That comes straight from the bank to me. Got it. Okay. And that's why it's beneficial to work with a mortgage agent because we're not working for the bank. Exactly. Okay. We're working for, we're working for both the lender and our clients, but our goal is to make sure the client gets the proper uh, mortgage that they can actually realistically afford. Got it. And and if somebody renews with you, it's the same process. Pardon? If somebody like if somebody renews with you, so say their mortgage is up and then they start looking for a new mortgage. Same process. Yeah, perfect. Every time, unfortunately, you gotta go through the process because you could have changed jobs, you could have started your own company. 
there things change over years mm-hmm. so it's the same process we have to get all, your id again we have to get all your documents all over again so unfortunately that's the only thing kind of sucks when you're remortgaging mm-hmm. but again our system is so easy you literally just upload it you don't have to come into me and drop off papers to me you don't have to do any of that you literally just take a picture of it and email it to me wow. so which is really simple and makes life easy for you nice easy you, mm-hmm. do, you do all the work right <laughs> that's what i mean i do all the work for you it makes life so much easier and you don't have to go searching for your t4s and your notice of this of assessments i pull that wow i pull that from your credit check so when you, i do when i pull that I get your T4s for the last two years. I get your notice of assessments for the last two years. Perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. All right. I've got about five or six, maybe four. I'm not sure. Rapid fire questions for you. Not, yeah. Not to do with mortgages, right? Just for fun. Um, Sounds great. All right. So coffee or tea? Coffee. Uh, hot weather, cold weather? Hot. This is going to be a fun one. Kickboxing or jujitsu? Well, I'm kickboxing. Kyle's jujitsu. <laughs> We're good balance. Okay. Um, summer vacation or winter vacation? Mm. That one's hard. Any vacation. Any vacation. <laughs> Any vacation. And the last one, rent or own? Always own. Always own. Perfect. Always own. I've got three questions I ask every one of my guests. Can I ask them to you? Of course. Perfect. Let's see. I'm trying to find them here. I, I, you'd think I'd know them by now. All right. What three <laughs> qualities do you possess that make you successful? Hmm. Very honest. I will tell you what you not want to hear, but what you need to hear. Okay. Honesty, drive, loyal. So like when I talk about drive, like I have the drive to do what's best for my clients because I love what I do. Yes. I absolutely love what I do. So I have that drive and I'm going to work for you. I'm going to make sure that everything goes smoothly. I will make sure to keep in contact with you and the lawyers and make sure everything goes perfect. That way it's not stressful because doing finances is very stressful. So I want to make it as stress-free as possible, as less nerve-wracking. And then when I talk about loyalty, I talk about loyalty because if you're not loyal to your clients and just being honest and then how are they ever going to trust you? Yes. How are they ever going to trust you if they don't feel like, okay, she's being loyal towards me and like, and just being truthful (laughs) and sincere And not just trying to put on a show. Perfect. 
What is something that if you could go back in time and tell your younger self, what is, what is something that you'd go back in time and tell your younger self? Save. Put $50 a week away. Because $50 a week, it adds up so darn quickly. Okay. That's how Kyle and I are able to travel the way we travel. We put 50 bucks a week away. That's it. Last question here. Something you wish you could tell everyone you meet? Hmm. What do I wish I could tell everyone? That's a that's a good tricky little one. Not to overstress about anything. Everything always If you're a good person and you're not malicious, then everything will always fall into place because it's true. Everything will always fall into place. If you have malicious intents, well, that's different. But if you're a good, honest person, there's nothing to stress about. Yeah, it's a stressful situation maybe sometimes, but it will always work out. Perfect. Do you have any questions for me? Hmm. What made you get into this, actually? Into podcasting? Yeah. You know, the last three episodes, that's the the question I've been asked. So um, I I don't know why, but four years ago, I I just got one of those memories of uh, I I actually had a Facebook post up saying I wanted to start a podcast. Right. And. Hmm. And so it was interesting because the very same day I'm at work doing my thing and I, and I listen to podcasts every single day. A lot of them are informative. A lot of them are um, some type of learning environment. So I might be learning a new skill. I might be learning about a different aspect. Mm-hmm. Right? And so one thing that I've been really trying to dial in on um, for the business that I manage is all the social media and marketing. So I listen to a lot of marketing podcasts and on the marketing podcast, they had a special guest on. I've never heard of the guest, but it's, it's one that I listen to weekly, right? Mm-hmm. So they go through and they go, um, you know, think about what is going on in your life. And we are mm-hmm. right in the middle of COVID, right? So, and then it says, think about, you know, the business that you're dealing with and what is the biggest problem with it at this moment. Mm-hmm. And I thought, and I go, well, the business is shut down. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so then I keep thinking and they go, all right, well, hold on to that thought. What is something that you feel that community? So whatever business, you know, that you're in, uh, the whole community of that business is going through. And of course I go, well, well, I'll shut down. Right. And then it goes, well, what's one thing that you can do to make it better? And I think, well, I think everybody could probably use some type of, fun interesting way to 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 kind of advertise for themselves right especially in their community mm-hmm. and then they and then they go and this is the whole thing about the person that I didn't know about is they were promoting podcasts right and they go all right so whatever it is that you just came up with right i'm going to give you 2 minutes make a podcast about it right and i just thought oh okay so then i started thinking of different ways that i could you know uh build this podcast and and the best thing that I found was to get other local businesses, um, entrepreneurs, influencers, people in their community who, who, I mean, everybody 
because I think everybody has some sort of a story, right? Mm-hmm. But, but definitely um, local businesses and, and the smaller kinds, right? Um, I mean, I think Walmart was doing okay throughout the whole pandemic, <laughs> yeah. right? So maybe not the Walmart CEO, but, but stuff along the smaller aspects. Exactly. Individual people. And, and so this is kind of what happened. I mean, it was a mix between that and uh, a couple, you know, friends of mine that kind of said, I know people. And on top of that, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm socially awkward because I don't think I am. But no, you're not. I'm, I'm somebody who is reserved. And I think a good way for me to express that with businesses is to try and get, like I said, local people on here and to talk about it. Right. And the, the fun, the funnest part for me has been um, the development of, of the questions. Right. So I used to have, you know, a sheet of paper in front of me and it was very scripted. And if you listen to the first episode, that's exactly what it sounded like. So, mm-hmm. Right. And then, you know, the second episode was my friends doing me. So it's not the same thing. Uh, and the third episode I go, all right, well, I'm not gonna, you know, I have, I still write a list of questions I want to ask and starter questions, but I try and build off of those questions. Right. And then, so now I'm getting to the point where I still think there's lots of room to grow. There always will be, but I'm starting to get to the point where I'm comfortable adding on to certain questions, right? So a lot of times what happens is I have this huge list of questions and we get through about four of them, right? And, and that's the whole podcast. And I'm sitting here going, like I said with you, right? I've got like 17, 18, 19, 20 different questions that if I just read the script, yeah, the questions would get answered, but it's very scripted and it's not <laughs> I mean, that, that much fun to listen to, Right. Um, so that, that, that's what got me into podcasting. Um, and I hope it continues, right? It's something I like doing. I can set aside uh, about an hour for the podcast and then about another two hours through all the social media throughout the week. So it doesn't take that long, mm-hmm. uh, but if you want to do it, you have to make time for it. Right. So, well, and that's with any business is that if you want to be successful, you have to be passionate about it. Because if you're not passionate about it, you're not going to take the time that it needs to grow. You need to water it and flourish it. Otherwise, it's just going to be like, okay, well, that was a cool hobby. Yeah. That's the thing. No, I think it's amazing that you're doing this podcast. And especially showing the small businesses around. Because it is the small businesses that have been hurting. And I've seen it a lot when dealing with mortgages and finances so it's amazing that you're giving them exposure and doing what you love to do yes (laughs) yeah yeah it was uh actually last week it was probably the first time that I felt I guess gratitude towards the podcast I had somebody from uh I think it was South Ottawa like uh Kanata if I'm pronouncing that right and they they actually just messaged the the Facebook um page that I have and they're like Never knew about these places. If I ever get in the area, I want to check them out. And just like, wow, wicked, pretty cool, right? I mean, it's just expanding the region now, right? So it's very it's, cool. That was interesting. Um, anyway, so let's wrap this up. Where can people find you? So people can find me on Instagram at uh, Sleeman Mortgage Solutions. And they can also find me on Facebook, Sleeman Mortgage Solutions as well. And they can also email me at Rifka at Sleeman Mortgage Solutions or send me a text and we can set up a call. 
So they can call me or text me at 647-884-7586. It's whatever is convenient for people. I'm good with any way, but check out my Instagram because my Instagram is very cool. It shows a lot of really amazing information about finances, about mortgages, about credit scores, how to rebuild things, what everything means. I actually post quite a bit about that. Yes, very informative. Perfect. Thank you for coming on. I loved having you. And like I said, I got about another 17, 18 that I can ask you a different time. (laughs) I appreciate you having me on. I feel very honored that you chose me to be on your podcast. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Please don't forget to like and share this. I'm trying to get this to everybody, uh, any person that you know in Ontario, Canada, um, or anybody that you know comes to Ontario, Canada. I, uh, I want to really highlight businesses and people who are in the area. Thanks, guys. Don't forget, like and share and comment, and I'll see you next time. Peace.